Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party in Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? It's going really well, Shay. We are off to the races with uh, the second split of Ranked, and so far, so good. I've been a little shocked about King's Canyon. It's not exactly what I remember so far, but I think we'll hit our stride. Yeah, we're, uh, we're maps playing quite different than what we're used to, and uh, we're playing with some very, very talented folks right now. And it's been it's been a ton of fun. But yeah, steady climbing, not at the same speed we were last split, though. Uh, we got a good episode, though. Today we're covering the latest news, everything Apex, diving into uh, Bangalore's, uh, what's it called, the Chronicles, uh, mm-hmm. a little bit more in-depth covering that, and answering some questions. So it's going to be a fun one. Before we do it, though, if you want a question answered, uh, ask it in our Discord channel meant for questions or leave a five-star review on Apple Pod to guarantee it gets on the show. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Shea and at HB Burrison. Links in the description below. I'm serious about the, the Twitter. If You're you tweeting. interact with us, I'm going to respond. Mm-hmm. Like It's a really good way to get some interaction, and I think it could be fun. The other really fun thing to plug is we have a new website that was mm-hmm. designed by a member of our team in the Apex community, Spear. Check him out on Twitter because he's just a beast at multimedia design. But our new website is really celebrating and promoting our production company, third-party mm-hmm. production. So if you're interested in having a podcast made, working in this space, go check out the website and let us know what you think. Yeah, for sure. It's a it looks clean in my opinion for sure. So I'm uh, I'm definitely a fan. With that though, let's dive into the news. First piece of news. Control. It's officially out of rotation. Uh let's take a little maybe moment of silence or anything, but no, we knew it was coming. How are you actually feeling though about this essentially? This is the norm now. We're gonna get control on release and we're gonna get control for two weeks at the collection event along with the heirloom. And barring any other changes, that's just gonna be the norm from here on out. Thoughts? I mean, I was shocked that control came back in the exact same state as it initially released him. I really thought that it was coming out and then they were gonna tweak it and bring it back and there was no tweaks. Mm -hmm. Um, And that kind of, Maybe disappointed, but overall, this is a fun, fast mode. That's all it is. Obviously, we're not going to get attached to it. And in some ways, that's really hard, but in other ways, it keeps the game fresh, keeps people engaged, it gives them an extra reason to play. I kind of wish that we got a little more of it. Yeah, I mean, it's the question of should it be permanent is a weird one. Like, is it does it suit a better place than arenas in terms of being a permanent playlist rotation? I think there is an argument for it. I'm not going to, you know, stand on the cliff, though, and shout that, hey, I really need this mode to be permanent over arenas. I think the sad thing about it is that people really like it, and it's not around all the time. And on top of that... Because it's kind of rotating in every season, at least that's what we're projecting as of now, as the LTM, we're not getting other limited time modes. And what happens when Winter Express is going to rotate back in around Christmas time? Do we get Control and Winter Express in the same season, or do we miss out on Control for a season uh, because of that? The lack of limited time modes just in general, you know, in Apex has been, I think, quite disappointing. And this is kind of just a nail in the coffin for that is what it feels like to me, at least. Yeah, and we used to say, you know, limited time modes, additional playlists, it's scary. We, mm-hmm. we had some numbers years ago that 
nobody played Winter Express. Came yeah. out first week, second week, nobody was queuing up for those games, and it just it, it was fragmenting the player base too much, and we couldn't help, we couldn't keep healthy queue times mm-hmm. and multiple playlists. So there's a big fear there. But the truth is, Arenas has a pretty solid player base given its state, and the game's popularity and yep. monthly active users has increased drastically over the years. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of becomes a tough sell to say, oh, we can't do what other games are doing with multiple playlists because we don't have enough players. Apex yep. has enough players, um, so we need to come up with another excuse because I think this <laughs> is such a highly demanded thing. People yep. want more ways to play Apex. Shay and I have been talking about it for months that just rip off other games. Take take Kill Confirmed, take Oddball, take Caps of the Flag, make it Apex. There is nothing wrong with that at all, and it'd be so fun. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, yeah, that's what's happened. Uh, next piece of news, though. First Legend teaser is live for the next season. We got a virtual billboard at Hammond Labs that says, The wait is over. He's here. And if you follow along along with leaks closely, the black outline of the character is a very, very familiar looking defensive legend as of now. Uh, We got a lot more information that's going to be coming out soon on an episode in regards to this legend. And we don't want to, you know, talk leaks, obviously, on the main portion of the show. Um, But what are your thoughts, man, on seeing kind of the tease coming in like this as like, this is like an anticipated legend. It's yeah. Forge-esque, if that makes sense, in terms of like the popularity pre-entering the games. Yeah, I mean, the closest thing to this in more recent history is Seer. You know, yeah. somebody with a big background in arenas, uh, coming into the lore of the games, strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to point out that this is an extremely early teaser. Extremely mm-hmm. early. I mean, it's possible everything just goes, you know really smooth for something like this but also it leaves a ton of room for things to change you yep. know like not going to say this is a fake out but this is just a tiny bit of information there's so much more to come because mm-hmm. we're a month out from the next season yeah speaking of teasers though we also got a map teaser on apex's twitter there was a gift tweeted out of a computer saying warning deep sea seismic event detected and this is in relation to what we are believing as storm point map changes. Oh, seismic event, Henry. Are we getting the cycle continuing of map destroyed as the first big map changes, essentially, you think? What this reads to me is a deep sea earthquake mm-hmm. leads to a tsunami. Yeah. That's what that is. So, you know, thinking about water temperature or water levels rising across storm point would have pretty drastic effects because mm-hmm. a big portion of the map is beachfront you know so yeah. this isn't this isn't to me like king's canyon having uh leviathans come in and destroy things and have water fill up its place this is more like we're going to change layouts and create new islands and take away islands. Yeah. And that's interesting. I really don't know what to expect in terms of changing POIs, but it seems like something will happen. I definitely, definitely get what you're saying. I think the one thing to dive into at least is that I don't think we're going to get swimming. 
because of anything in relation to water. We kind of went down this path back in the good old days when we thought the Leviathans were going to come in and flood part of the map and we'd get some water, we'd get some swimming features. I think that's just obviously not going to happen at this point in Apex. So like you're saying, it would be really interesting to see if you know water level rises or something, how they would go about uh, essentially putting in POIs. Would we get you know water that is death and we'd have all this like you know playable building structures on top of the water like how about how would that work essentially um it should be interesting because the tsunami coming in would uh destroy a big portion of the map if it's a big tsunami (laughs) yeah big time next teaser we got was for lifeline actually and this one's a little bit of a stretch but we got to talk about it just in case so along with the banner for the next legend teaser that was going around on maps we got a banner for chevrex inc that had lifeline's dock drone and it says keeping your family safe the interesting thing is the drone kind of has what looks like some rockets attached onto it, maybe some little missiles. And there's a lot of folks out there theorizing that this could be signs of a lifeline buff coming into the game in the near future. It is a it's a stretch, but I think because of the leaks we saw with a lot of legends potentially down the line coming that will be introduced that do similar functions to lifeline. I think people are looking for ways, once again, to make her better because she's such a polarizing figure. I mean, a little missile on her dock drone to maybe defend some folks as she's rezzing would definitely be, you know, something if it's on the Valk side of things, if it's just like a 10, 15 damage thing. What are your thoughts, though? I think that theory is a big stretch. Um, <laughs> what I'm hoping out of this is a Lifeline Town takeover. Like, that'd be cool. I think that'd be awesome. I'm kind of hoping that's what this is nodding to, that there's going to be different types of drones and that sounds awesome to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That'd be interesting because that's a different spin on what we've seen town takeovers be, where that seems yeah. like a Chevrex incorporated kind of thing rather than something, and that's pulling from her history and her parents rather than pulling from her actual lore, which is her as a healer and the and the lifeline essentially. So, well, as crazy as it could sound, I mean, I think this season was all about Silva pharmaceuticals totally we didn't get a ton of like map integration that had that branding on it but we had the new poi on olympus and then we had control sponsored by silver pharmaceuticals mm-hmm. now chevrix gets in the mix that becomes kind of an interesting story mm-hmm. uh, on olympus so this is probably a long way out but i like it i've been yeah. wanting a lifeline town take for a while we did a patreon episode mm-hmm. asking people which legends they want to have a town takeover for and lifeline was probably the most diverse answers we got a we lot got a of ton different cool of options cool ones. yeah well go down the rabbit hole with me for a second then with the theorizing fans and not not talking about this specific idea of a buff but what do you think about the state of lifeline in general would you want to see her get a little bit more of a boost and power to you know rocket that pick rate towards the top where she's kind of used to be and now she's you know not floating around in that same range or are you kind of cool you think she's in a stable state and uh nothing really needs to be changed over there right now for people that have been listening for a while i'm kind of a traditionalist i don't like to (laughs) rock the boat that much i think that lifeline is in a pretty solid state i wouldn't change her very drastically um but obviously you're asking me to go down a rabbit hole this is a big conversation like Mm -hmm. how powerful should support legends be how powerful should a legend that is a medic be 
um, is a big, big question. And so, I mean, conversation quickly goes to res shield. Should it come back? Yeah. Is that necessary? I think being able to res two players at once is quite powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think her her tactical and the passive healing with it almost is incredibly fast and very powerful in a fight. We don't currently play with a lifeline, but mm-hmm. it's possible that we will if we continue to face big time third parties um, because I think she's a big counter to that. I'm just going to say that if the leaks for the next legend are correct, I think we might be seeing... I think we'll we'll revisit this, essentially, because we might get another character introduced into that space. And if a new legend is introduced in a very powerful state that competes in kind of this, that realm, the conversation will definitely be brought up again by uh, you know all the lifeline mains out there. So I don't think this is the last you'll hear of this conversation as of now. Uh, last piece of news, though. The Bangalore Chronicles. So the entire story is out. Consists of three chapters: a prologue, an epilogue. Uh, chapter one hit thirty-five targets in the Scout of Action challenge to complete it. Chapter two deal one thousand damage in the Jackson Bow Out challenge. And chapter three deal twelve hundred or twelve hundred fifty damage in the Smoke Show challenge. Out of those three, which one was your favorite? Is all I gotta ask. I mean, of course, I like the G seven, um, <laughs> but it was probably the most straightforward of the challenges. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. really liked chapter three uh, with the smoke show, having the, yeah. the dummies move and smoke. I thought that was much more of a challenge and super fun. Yeah, I mean, I love the bow, so you know I'm a fan over there. Um, I think the uh, scout of action, as straightforward as it was, it was so cool to see the community's interaction with it and all like, yeah. the competition going up. And so I definitely, I'll give it a little nod to that one, maybe as a favorite. But outside of those challenges, these chronicles told the story of Bangalore, Kind of her going through the grieving process and making plans after essentially coming to terms that Jackson is dead, that she's going to leave. She's going to move on, leave the Outlands, leave the games. She's going to head back home with Rev volunteering to pilot the ship because he's a simulacrum. He has, you know, the, the journey is so long that she wouldn't be able to stay alive. She'd go into cryo and trust Rev to pilot the ship. Uh, you end the entire Chronicles then with that. William Sendoff, which we saw with the beer cap, uh, uh, beer beer bottle uh, caps, kind of being the celebratory manner behind that. This opens up a rabbit hole. A legend leaving the games. How do you do that? How would this happen in theory? Because we've we've wondered what will happen to the legend pool, and this would, if this story continues on the trajectory it is, we are. Going to be out Bangalore and Rev. Those folks cannot compete in the Apex games when they are on a spaceship going into another world and galaxy. If we want to remove the game that far from the lore, they could, but they haven't really tried to go that way, I believe, so far. I feel like in the last 6 to 12 months, the lore around the actual games has shifted drastically. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe this is just a personal perception thing, But I truly have been shocked by the fact that the current lore says we're playing on all maps all the time. Yeah, that's bouncing back and forth on a weekly Mm -hmm. basis, blah, blah, blah. To me, that was never possible at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is what is canon. That is now the truth. I think that's a major switch up. I don't know. A lot of the original writing staff is gone. So hard to tell what's, you know, original canon Mm -hmm. and rewrote canon. But I don't know. Something like this, Bangalore Rev leaving, that's not going to happen, for better or for worse. And I think definitely it's this next legend that's going to stop that from happening. 
Um, the story makes sense there. You know, obviously this character is going to come in with some sort of significance. There's rumors and leaks around who this character is potentially in terms of the lore. And I'm excited to see if that kind of comes to fruition because that'd be a really interesting story to tell as of now. And yeah, I think like you said, it's not happening. I mean, people have Bangalore's heirloom. People have spent so much yeah. money on this kit. Same with Rev. Like you just can't remove those from the game in any way, shape, and form. And it's it's weird. Will we ever remove somebody? Maybe down the line. But we've always talked about like if the game if the game gets rid of legends, it's probably more on the mass ex- exodus kind of style, where like you're rebooting in a way rather than picking and choosing one or two. And I'll come out and say it. What would stop Bangalore from leaving to go back with her family? Mm-hmm. Her brother coming back from the dead and being yeah. with her. So if Newcastle is Jackson, her mm-hmm. brother, amazing, but also incredibly hard to believe. The first teaser is, yeah. you know, he's here. The wait is over. This is a legend in the Outlands who's probably been fighting on a, on a big stage for a while. How is it possible that Bangalore didn't know? How is it possible that Jackson mm-hmm. didn't try to make contact with Bangalore? If this is the case... The only way to make it believable is if some really weird, potentially bad stuff went down. Mm-hmm. Brainwashing, I mean, yeah. like uh, blackmail, something crazy that would prohibit this family from reuniting earlier. I think based off of how we've seen the story end with Bangalore's brother, and this is what the Chronicles were about, her coming to terms with the character's death and being like, yep, he's dead. I can move on. Like I've been searching forever, but I'm he's dead and I can move on. So that's why it's weird. Like you're saying, she's been looking. So if this person was really a public figure and it's her brother, how does that make sense? Yeah. I, I think, and the right. answer isn't Bangalore's an idiot. You know, no, Bangalore it's not. is very smart. So and something I think, weird is happening. I mean, based off of how Jackson died in theory, he's damaged. And, the rumor, the size of the character indicates a huge suit, essentially. Maybe the suit has more purposes than just looking cool in terms of being full life support. Yeah. A lot of amnesia when you fall out of a ship from that high, potentially, or takes get really close to death. Um, and then, yeah, who knows? Is he under Silva's thumb in terms of like maybe being puppeteered via blackmail or via just maybe looking at what if it's what if Silva's the one that saved him and now he looks at this person as a savior and he's going to be on Team Silva essentially? You know, I think there's a lot yeah. of a lot of routes they can go essentially for telling the story that'll be really interesting to see what they end up doing. I hope it's good though. I hope it isn't just somebody stupid and that's why. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be quite the twist. Okay. Before getting some leaks and questions, though, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. We got some leaks to cover. If you're not a fan of leaks, check out the description below and we'll get you a timestamp on when to skip to get to some questions. So, leaks today coming from Thord and Smash. We got the thematic event that's going to be coming out this season. It's supposed to go live on April 14th. So, tomorrow, if you're listening to this on day of release, it's going to come with everything. It normally does exclusive skins, legend trackers, all the good stuff. You a big thematic event guy? Like, is this something you look forward to if I'm just asking you up front? <laughs> I'm not going to look forward to them like this season. Oh, I can't wait for the thematic event. But yeah. sometimes they can almost 
overshadow the collection event skins. In yeah. some situations, they have. So it's kind of a, a roll of the dice on this. Sometimes they can be really cool, but it's hard to save up your crafting materials mm-hmm. for the thematic. It's easy and, to do that for the collection. And you can't buy them. Yeah, that's the thing about the thematic event skins. You can't just buy them with coins outright. So it, they're harder to get, honestly, which is kind of cool, if I'm being honest with you. Next leak, though, we got Skulltown Return Leaks. So first and foremost, this was something that maybe I skipped over, but Thornton, you know, in covering leaks, pointed out that he couldn't believe he'd never thought of this because the POI salvage is built and there to remake King's Canyon. It's pulling up the skull in hopes of rebuilding. Honestly, not something I thought of in a long time. We probably mentioned it when it first started, but makes sense on why we might see a return in some way, shape, and form down the line. What we're going to be looking at, in theory, is two versions of King's Canyon coming back. One built for an LTM, built on its own, separate from everything else, while they're surrounding it. Uh, according to some leaks from Rindo, it's going to be for a free DM mode that has a killing spree sound really early on trying to figure it out but that skull town is going to look much closer to the original that we have we know and love and we're used to we also will come back to a king's canyon map update at some point and get a smaller version of skull town with walls surrounding it but the skull still being there and not having the four-pronged kind of skull town fight that we're used to maybe just one to two sets of buildings instead much smaller scale it, I got a picture of it up here in the show doc. So if you're a patron, you can obviously uh, check that out right now. Uh, what do you think looking at this? Because this is inserted right on top of where Salvage is. So no more Thunderdome. It's not like that's coming back in tandem with Skull Town. And we're probably, and we, we based off leaks, we know Stormpoint's getting updated next. So this is probably not coming until season 13 or later at this point. Yeah. Um, my initial reaction. This is a bad idea. Um, okay. A bad idea. And we've talked about Skulltown was a crazy POI. It has never been replicated in another map in terms of how many teams would go here, how contested it would be. Um, you're talking walking out of Skulltown and there's five squads left almost every game. Um, obviously, bringing that back is not really how they want the game to flow. No other POI, again, has been designed to be that big, that popular. And so, and then the other thing is, I think, apart from the buildings and the chaos, I loved Kings Canyon for the, or I loved Skull Town for the actual skull and mm-hmm. the carcass as well. The, yeah. Kind yeah. of the spine section. I thought that that was really fun to play on. It was great high ground. It was such a unique place to play. We're losing a lot of that in this kind of, you know, leaked layout. But I just look at this and I see the walls around it and the size of the POI. And I think nobody is going to be happy with this. This mm-hmm. is like, this is so different from the, the school town that we used to have that all the original players are going to say, this is just a worse version. I don't think this is adding anything new mm-hmm. or fun. And 
for the people that are returning, this is going to be a not very fun POI to be in because you're kind of trapped there and Mm -hmm. there's not, it doesn't look like there's a lot of loot. There's very few buildings. So it's like this huge footprint for something that is not very exciting. I I hate to be negative on it, but I'm just scared that this is going to get blown up when it comes out. And this is Mm -hmm. probably like six to nine months out. I think the thing to look at with this, and we'll probably have to echo it on the pod, Skulltown, ton of fun. Mm-hmm. And the reason it was removed, though, is because it is not really healthy for the game and for the map itself. And this is them, in a way, trying to meet in the middle, trying to figure out a way, how do we bring back some of that nostalgia while keeping the flow of the map healthy and not creating a POI that it's just going to be like, okay, well, now you're never going to see a person go capacitor or rig or anywhere on that side of the map because you got Skulltown back, essentially. And that's what at least I'll try and say to defend it. And I hope we get that explanation with it. Like, hey, we're bringing back two versions of Skulltown because we wanted to give you guys the original one, but we couldn't do it in the full game because it's just not healthy. And I'm sorry to hear that. If we get that kind of communication, I'll feel a ton better. If we get it as Skulltown's returned and this is what we get, I think like you're saying, the disappointment will be a lot higher. So how they present it will be impactful in my opinion. Maybe I'm just not in a good mood today and I'm sorry for it to everybody, but I just think it's a guarantee going to be the latter where they're going to sell this as being the greatest thing ever and honestly i like king's canyon without school town so i'm not like oh wow i need need school town to live and i hate the map without it and like wow i wish we were back in the day the map Mm -hmm. has improved in my eyes i'm very content with it but i just think this is going to come back and it is going to flop hard yeah and Mm -hmm. it's so sad that they have to do this you don't have to do this. You do not mm-hmm. have to try to bring Schooltown back. I really wish that pressure didn't exist, but clearly it does. And I think it's going to cause ruin. Yeah, I think it's a, fair, it's a fair point. And the good news is, the good news is that, like you said, it's pretty far out still. So there's time for changes to be made if this is not the final version, which this is a leak we're talking about. Things are subject to change. Um, so hopefully there is potentially more change to it. Uh, that's going to wrap up talking about leaks. So let's dive into some questions. we got some five-star questions to answer today. The first of which is coming from Double Chaos. Five-star. I don't know who to play. I used to play Fortnite. What are some good options? P.S. You guys are the best. This one rings in your head right now because you've been wanting to talk Fortnite lately. <laughs> yeah, I think there's some interesting stuff going on across the pond. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're new to the game. It's going to be really hard to unlock Rampart, but yeah. her walls are awesome and uh, you know, building from Fortnite. I think there are some similarities. I love Rampart. She's in my top five. No question about it. Um, but I think... I'm going to go back to what we've always been saying. Bangalore is such a great starter legend because the most difficult thing about Apex is the movement. And she just allows you to move so much easier. Mm -hmm. And coupled with the smoke, you're able to do things that you wouldn't normally be able to unless you were a very skilled technical player. And Bangalore allows you to do that. Bangalore and Bloodhound, those are my two favorite to give to beginners in terms of 
they got some ease in their abilities, but they also have high skill caps as well. I mean, there's some of the best players in the world play blood and like a Shiv playing Bangalore all the time. So there's definitely still a there's room for improvement within that, which is something you always you don't want to be limited as a beginner and be like, oh, I'm gonna play the quote unquote easy legend and then not be able to reach a certain level. I think both yeah. those legends are straightforward in their kit, but also offer a really nice ceiling. Agreed. Next question coming from Caden, five stars. My question is, do event LTMs need changing? I personally am tired of having to grind the prize trackers through BR and arenas. I think we should get challenges in the LTM itself. What do you think? Oh, man. Caden, this is an interesting topic. The question of, do you force people to play the LTM? Mm, man. And I, we've gone back and forth on this, if I'm being honest. Like, I feel like we've kind of been on both sides of the occasion. I want people to play the LTMs. And I don't think we need to do takeover playlists, but incentivizing people with skins to play the LTM or packs, I think is a cool way to do it and a good idea, especially because there's a lot of players that they don't care about the skins. And that's not going to affect them because they're not going to be you know, sad that they're missing out on those kind of things. Yeah, I think this is totally fair feedback. Um, I think the reason that we don't see this is there isn't always an LTM with a collection event. Like, this is kind of a new thing, introducing control as this LTM. So I think this is something that we could see in the future. Like, Mm -hmm. if LTMs really come back in 2022 as being this thing Mm -hmm. that gameplay is focused around and is temporary with prizes makes a ton of sense to me. Totally. Next question coming from Mario, five star. I'll keep my questions short and sweet. Do you guys use aim trainers? Why or why not? Since you guys use controllers on PC, I wanted to see your thoughts on this. So great question, Mario. I will tell you that I don't spend a lot of time in the firing range. I don't really spend a lot of time practicing my aim either. I feel like (laughs) in-game experience is what I want to do. It's more fun for me, and I think you you get better doing that. Um, I will also say that With my day job, I worked with 3D Aim Trainer, and I used their product a decent amount. I thought it was fun and exciting for controller. I really wasn't feeling a huge difference with it. But, you know, I think it's also pretty clear that Aim Trainers are very popular, and people Mm -hmm. think they help. And if they, you know, if you can have fun doing the Aim Trainer, then yeah, you should do it. If you hate it, I don't Mm -hmm. think it's worth suffering to yeah. think that, oh, I'm going to get better if I just grind the aim trainer. My practice is pubs. I practice aiming at people's heads. Yeah, no aim trainer for me. And I think, you know, that's why I like control. And I wish control was around more. I feel like control is a great mode to get the aim right and uh, kind of get as many reps in as possible in a real environment. Because like you said, we're not big firing range folks because shooting non-moving targets doesn't really help you that much. Next, we have a question from Caleb. Five stars. How y'all doing? I love y'all's podcast. My question is, do you think they should take out bronze from ranked? I think they should because to me, it's just a waste of time. There's no real challenge of being in it. I love this question. Okay, what an yeah, awesome perspective. Thought. What let's an awesome perspective. Um, we're going to talk about ranked here in a little bit. Yeah, um, we are. Next week. Episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I love that Caleb views bronze as just a waste of time because mm-hmm. there's no buy-in it's so easy to climb mm-hmm. up that you know just start me in silver i'd rather have more of a challenge sooner well you do get reset 
So, you know, if you are grinding high enough, like we You'll haven't never touched touch bronze, bronze in, yeah. in years, I think. Since um, we switched to PC. Yeah, I don't much. think we've yeah. touched bronze in a long, long time. And so, you know, that's kind of good for us in terms of we're getting more uh, challenging lobbies at the get-go for each split. But the point is that bronze exists, so there is a separation from very inexperienced ranked players mm-hmm. and the experienced people like Caleb. You know, yep. like, that's the point. It's not to waste Caleb's time. It's to try to yeah. create that separation. And I think that, for the most part, Bronze does a pretty good job at that. And the issues that we'll talk about next week don't really apply to the early ranks and more so mm-hmm. the latter ranks. So I don't really think there should be a change to Bronze, even though it does seem weird. No buy-in, almost no consequences to going yeah. and dying. That seems weird, but it exists to protect those early early players and everybody else gets out quick when you look at the grand scheme of things there are not as good players trying to play this game more of those than you realize and caleb it sounds like you know you're middle of the pack upper tier somewhat if you're you know flying through and you think bronze is a waste of time i'll say two things to you one gotta watch videos of people trying to play first person shooters for the first time in their life they need bronze, you know, they need that. And I'll be honest with you, bronze is a really nice way. If you're stuck in bronze, it's a nice way to practice against people in your skill level versus pubs. There is the off chance that you get put with people of higher skill as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as we could talk about easier. skill, it could be easier essentially. Yeah. Um, and two, I have not heard this complaint before because people that are really good and get to play in bronze. I think they always enjoy it because you get to fly through bronze and go for some really big games. You know, you're playing against people that are not very good at the game in general, uh, that are just kind of trying to, they're still figuring out a lot of stuff with Apex. And so you get to go for your 20 bombs. You get to go for the 4Ks if you're, you know, a really good player that's taken a long time off. So, yeah, I think bronze, like you said, for everything you said, it's in the game for a reason and it keeps things healthier, in my opinion. Uh, next question from FGDV. That's abbreviation for some really long name, by the way. So I hope you know who you are. Five star. This is a great podcast for any and all Apex players. The hosts do a great job covering and discussing important Apex topics. No matter the rank, you have something to learn here. They convinced me to play Valk, and now I'm the positioner for my squad. When pursuing third-party kills, how do you decide when's the right time to engage slash emerge? All right. Great <laughs> question. Mm-hmm. I love that you picked up Falk. That is wonderful. Have we gotten this question before, Shay? We've gotten this in some way, shape, and form. How to third party is the yeah. concept, I think. Yeah. Our, it's harder than you think, it, honestly. It yeah. Is. Like <laughs> it is. Um, you know, sometimes a third party is a fourth or a fifth party. So yeah. you know, there's always these elements. But if we kind of just lay out basic scenario, two teams are fighting, you see them, you are within range where you could engage with Mm -hmm. abilities, whatever. Our rule of thumb is we do wait for at least one knock. Yep. Um, And that's just kind of looking at the fight, but also looking at the kill feed and trying to Mm -hmm. line up the sounds and what you're seeing and what you're, you know, observing in the kill feed. Um, But it also kind of depends. We feel pretty confident going in with one knock. Um, just because then you know both teams are fully committed. They're not going to back out. They're not going to be able to both Mm -hmm. turn and look at you because they're both injured. Um, But there's also the other option of 
waiting till they finish and be within striking range like a viper and just go in there and finish the last team don't try to take out both teams just take out the one that survives Mm -hmm. um and that i feel like takes a little bit more patience um and like having the team exactly together because the timing of that is really important because if you don't do it soon enough. They will have armor swapped, and you know mm-hmm. they, they're feeling so hot that they're probably going to PK in you in the head. So <laughs> that's what I have to say. Do you have any other advice? I think um, you know outside of the one knock, another really nice signal is two knocks. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to say two knocks. I mean one on each team yeah, because if, possible. if you notice that someone is overwhelming another team, like three on three and then three people just push and then the fight is just going really quick. One, you know they're really good, which that obviously gives them a chance to you know, uh, push back on a third party really well. But also, if they're going really quick, they're not going to have lost as much health. So if you can identify and wait till maybe somebody's down on each team, then you kind of can identify that no matter what happens here, we're going in at an advantage in some way, shape, and form. So I like that, but yeah, one knock is definitely a strategy. And then it, it does matter where you're where you're rotating in from positional-wise as well. You know, how far are you and uh, are you coming in? Are you going to be in the middle on accident in the way you're coming in or are you coming in solely behind one team? There's a lot of variables to take into account. Yeah. But yeah, that's going to wrap up today's episode. Thank you to our producer, The Third Party 10. We support us over on Patreon. Hit us up on Apple by hitting the plus button and follow us on Spotify. Check out the Discord via link in the description. Thanks so much for listening to The Third Party Podcast. Catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.